Welcome, Natalia. And, of course, welcome, Tori. Thank you. To episode three, I believe. We're well on our way to halfway to episode six. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I think the reason Tori and I both wanted to chat with you, I think, similar to Asura, we find, I don't know, we find already the conversations we've had very interesting. Um, and want to learn more. Want to learn more about how you view the world, how people, how our friends view the world, um, how they spend their time, how why why they value things, the things that they do. It's very general. It's very broad, but that's sort of it. I think uh, based on kind of what I already know about you is uh, you you do seem to do like we met when you were doing volunteer work, mm-hmm. and it just seems like. That's something you've done uh, a lot of in the past uh, in different capacities and you still seem to do it and is that uh, is that something you feel like wh- where does that uh, come from for you is it come from your because I know you also recently told me your family was hosting Ukrainian refugees mm-hmm. is there something like you get from your family you think from certain members of your family that you feel like even the work that you do sounds like you were saying earlier it sounds like it's to the service of a lot of maybe underserved communities uh, or it sounds like you like this uh, or you maybe pursue a certain type of work as well Hmm. do you think all of that has something to do with I don't know your upbringing or why why do you do that kind of work, volunteer work with your spare time, your precious spare time? Hmm. I think, I think it's true, actually. I think I have done a lot of different kinds of volunteer work in my life, like starting from when I was a teenager. I am not totally sure how I got into it, <laughs> to be honest. Um, I think like upbringing, my upbringing definitely played a role in me feeling like if you have the power and the opportunity to participate in something that you think is going to improve something, whatever that may be, that you should do it. But I also think having the time and support to even be able to volunteer at stuff is a really big privilege and I was able to find things that I liked volunteering at because you know my parents were willing to drive me (laughs) to things a lot of the time what was like one of the first things then as a teenager you you did outside of school (laughs) again we can cut it (laughs) all right um I actually got really into, this is so embarrassing, Um, I started sort of getting into volunteering because, you know those like sad commercials with like the little kids in Africa and it's like sponsor a child? Mm -hmm. I was like homesick one day, I was like in middle school and I don't know, I was just like I should get involved and I ended up getting really involved with like an organization that had like a youth 
sort of youth community involvement branch Mm. and the like youth facilitators were super engaging and fun and they had like these youth leadership retreats and I went on one of them um so I think it was more like the the people that I was involved with that kind of kept me interested in it Mm. um now I also see that like that is how they get you because it was also like a very religious problematic organization and I ended up not continuing to be involved with them because I realized that oh like this is kind of fucked up mm, in a okay. lot of ways ah. um okay what why what what's can you what, what specifically like or why do you think that is like why why are they not uh, just helping people like what else is there to their to their motives as far as you could tell I guess for example like one of the things that really turned me off them was that they had an abstinence only um like sex education program and they were you know working with communities in sub-saharan africa that have really high rates of hiv and Mm. yet that is what they are promoting Mm. um okay so not really connecting to the realities on the on the ground necessarily yeah and i mean i'm i was like 14 like i didn't really have any sort of sense of like the harm that charitable organizations can do and have done um i think i was like pretty naive and sort of thought like look at these people who are super nice and they want to like help these people who really need help and it was this really like embarrassing white savior mentality Mm -hmm. um and eventually i sort of realized like this is this is messed up in a lot of ways, like not only the way the organization is structured and all the money they were spending on advertising, for example, um, and like the, the obvious flaws in their educational programming, but also I think the way that they were like trying to impose those values on people who were volunteering with them, who for the most part were religious people and I just happened to not be. Um, and I was actually being on one of those youth retreats when I was like 15 that I sort of realized like, oh, everybody here has something in common and I <laughs> do not. And maybe this isn't the right fit. place for me to be. Well, it's actually pretty good that you realize that early on. I mean, I, I recently, I think, I mean, Nandi and I had volunteered with an organization here for refugees and I mean, it just seems innocent, but they're a Christian organization. And so at the, at the beginning, it was like, okay, it doesn't matter. Like, they're helping people. and But then it was just slowly realizing, okay, there kind of there is some small imposition of values. It's they're subtle. Um, and I'm not, I don't necessarily disagree or, or whatever, but it's just realizing that this is part of it is, was... Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say it's like a deal breaker, but it's just cer- certainly that's not how I would want that organization or, or that um, that help to 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 be like connected with this this set of values necessarily. But at the same time, it's an infrastructure that exists and helps people, and it's sort of I don't know. It's 
Yeah, and there can be like very good people working in it yeah. who have no doubt that they like that truly believe they're doing a really good thing, and in many cases, maybe they are. Um, but I, I think I've like done enough work, both volunteer and non-volunteer, with nonprofits since then, to have just like a much more nuanced understanding of how flawed those structures are mm -hmm. like even the you know grassroots small-scale radical organizations there's often lots of bad things going on behind the scenes um what's cool is you know uh, for your first experience it could, even though it's not that good you still continue to want to do these things and volunteer and spend your time this way i think like one thing i'm really curious about is you know we all only have so much time and you know i i know volunteering can feel really rewarding um on ourselves but obviously you're the kind of person who you're very empathetic and you still continuously choose to spend your time this way so what is it that actually uh, it brings you so much fulfillment from doing this uh you know maybe you're not doing it uh, as much all the time. I don't, I don't know what your schedule is like, but you're still obviously quite uh, unselfishly devoting some of your time to other people without pay. That's, that's not necessarily what everybody's doing, I would say. I, I think it's happening, but I don't think it's, it's not an obvious choice for how to spend one's time. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I actually don't think it's unselfish at all. Um, I think... I think I do it because I get something out of it, like you said. Um, and like the times when I've found volunteer opportunities that I really enjoy, it's not a chore to do it. Like I genuinely, I genuinely like it. Um, and I also, you know, get the sort of like little feeling of emotional satisfaction that like I'm a good person doing a good thing. You are a good person. <laughs> and I don't, I don't really think that that's true though like I think I do it yeah because I enjoy it because it makes me feel better about myself um and because I recognize like how much value I get from other people volunteering in totally unrelated capacities like so much of our world runs on unpaid labor um whether that's, I don't know, like my friends helping me to set up my computer or um, like all the volunteers that organize a music festival. Like there's just so many ways that people like make their communities more fun and enjoyable to hmm. be in. Hmm. Um, yeah. That's an amazing realization though. I mean, it's true that it's, it is happening. You're very right about this fact like what shapes your view to see it that way you're you're very modest and sort of like uh, accepting that okay i get something out of it i think whenever i do something good for other people too i i of course i i'm like ah, i feel good about myself a little bit but you continuously choose to pay it forward i think paying it forward it's like an amazing idea whether it's through money or time right and time is the ultimate currency so uh i don't know how do you see this with with how you spend your time as well. Well, actually, I, I was thinking about the f when we were talking when you were mentioning 
about like your um, well just growing up like with all the parents volunteering their time with athletics and recreation not just for their kids but obviously like running sports teams like right. think about already being a parent but then also spending your time with all these kids running sports teams on the weekends yeah um, like yeah I it's uh, obviously there's got to be some like people aren't doing it if it's not there's bringing up some bring them some kind of joy right they wouldn't be doing it if it's just like this dreadful thing they would get just burn out right mm-hmm. but they seem to do it year after year for years like these when I was a kid like my friends parents were coaching us soccer and all this stuff mm-hmm. and yeah, I imagine this happened with you. Like you, you also seems like you did a lot of athletics and. Yeah, uh, I did a ton of activities and like I definitely sports. like. My dad coached soccer and mm-hmm. my friends' parents coached stuff and there was constant like volunteerism in that sort of like local way amongst like supporting your kids and your kids' friends. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Could you see it that it came from something? Like, do, do you see, like, could you see, like, your parents seeing other people doing it and being like, we should also do it because, you know, that's how we'll be part of a community? Or, I don't know, like, someone started it, right, at some point in every community. And then people, like you say, Tori, like, find, I don't know, it's the ultimate currency. And it's, like, what people value the most is their free time. Mm-hmm. Um and yet they decide all over the world people decide to spend their time in the service of others unpaid labor i don't know what does that seem like a fundamental thing that people have a fundamental value that people have and i wonder yeah is it like apart from the economic systems that we've created is it just something that we just kind of see each other and and, and say oh this is a great model like I want to kind of spend my time this way because it seems like a a good model for living. Or where do you think the whole notion comes from? Yeah. What would you say to that? That's like the notion of volunteering your time. Yeah. Like as a like when you have so many other like you're a parent, you have jobs, you have responsibilities, and yet you find you find the energy and joy in it. I think it's just sort of inevitable. Like there are certain kinds of volunteering that are more visible than others and that sort of, I think we value more highly than others. And those are things like, um, I don't know, volunteering for a charity or like activist organizing or um, yeah, volunteer athletics. those kind of like organized structured activities I think receive a lot more credit maybe not that like the people that are doing them don't deserve to receive credit for it but I just think that doing things for no money is an inevitable part of life whether you're doing it in an organized capacity and whether anybody sees it or you're getting credit for it or not like I don't even know that it's like a conscious thing for many people like I think it is a privilege for it to be a conscious thing that you choose to do yeah Yeah. so necessity you're saying just uh, to keep 
keep the community alive and yeah and I think at some point like if you have something that you want to see happen in your life and there's not already somebody doing it you're gonna have to do it and probably you're gonna have to do it without getting paid at least for a period of time yeah yeah super cool do you think do you think uh, either of you do you think that we could actually model like a new economic system all around volunteering you know it seems like the older generation is when when a lot of people retire they do and you know in fact just volunteer like they stop working and they spend most of their time volunteering do you think that would be a sustainable system if everybody just volunteered say 20 hours per week you know and you could pick the places that you wanted to volunteer. Like, if you want to use the community center, you just have to volunteer a day. And you get to use the facilities. Would that would that be scalable, or is that? Let's get all the senior citizens in call centers. You know, <laughs> <laughs> make sure we're making good use of their time. <laughs> no, no, I understand. But the only thing I'm worried of is that that idea of like exploitation of that labor. But you know, I understand what you're. Is the opposite of that is that you want. You would like to see, and ideally, that people are like people, especially who are older, have all this experience and uh, and wisdom to and value to provide. So, how do we create the infrastructure where that's easy, comfortable, and not exploitative? You know. Yeah, and not just with seniors. I'm not just thinking. I'm just saying oh, seniors yeah. do that naturally. Yeah. In yeah. general, yeah. as you're saying, like it's just kind of a natural thing that people, if you want something to get done, you'll probably have to spend some of your time. I'm suggesting that like everybody, regardless, could be instead of having a currency that you pay for your services, you could use your time in exchange for services. So if you want to, I'm just thinking of like the swimming pool. Like I enjoy going to the swimming pool. And you could pay a monthly membership to do that, or you could, you know, yoga studios do this mm-hmm. all the time, right? If you work at a yoga studio for, you know, a shift, you get access to the classes. I, I, I see there's a potential to scale that. But do you think the incentive, incentive for people to do certain things would fall away? Like, is it is it more beneficial that this is something that we do on the side as opposed to um, full-time? We always have to live and we have to... I think there should be a better balance between all the work that we do and and all of the other service to community that maybe we want to do. Although I also think that there should be less need for mm. like unpaid labor to fill gaps that right. the state should yep. be filling. Yeah. And I don't think that... Like, I I see your point with, like, yoga studios and stuff like that. Like, I think there is room for that sort of, like, trade of labor for services to expand into maybe different areas. But there are some things that people are just not going to ever want to volunteer their time to do. Yeah. Um, I want to clean your bathrooms. (laughs) That's what I love doing. Yeah. I might. (laughs) I do like cleaning bathrooms. Yeah, so, so that comes down to sort of an incentive issue, which is like, yeah, exactly. If you're, if I think about it too, there's lots of things I would voluntarily do. And so we have these kind of incentives that push us into doing stuff. But then we also still have like a limited amount of time, mm-hmm. right? And you also have other things you're interested in. Like you have many hobbies by the sounds of it. So how do you balance that? Because, you know, you're, you're a professional, you work quite a bit, you work hard. You also 
dedicate a lot of your time to other people, but then you have hobbies and you know relationships. Like, is that how, how do you how do you do it all? Because you know you're an excellent singer. You're you played soccer. You guys are on a soccer team together, right? I hear we are going through to the next round of playoffs. Ooh. Yes, it was a surprising turn of events. <laughs> so so how did that come to be? Somebody lost and you're you're in. We lost on penalty kicks, but then the teams like we have a work party. So let's just say you won on penalty <laughs> kicks. Okay, take it. <laughs> Perfect. Take it but yeah, that is a good question. How do you balance it all? Is it uh, Google Calendar? Is it uh, <laughs> I, I just don't. Like, I don't think I balance it all. I don't think I do a very good job of it. Um, and I think, like, that's one of the things I want to work on and get better at. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I... You're right, I have lots of interests, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't even necessarily say I have lots of hobbies because I don't find the time to do them all regularly. Um, yeah, because you play... Like you said, you play piano accordion guitar i, I, I mean, wouldn't put the accordion but, but, in there <laughs> okay you dabble with with things with music and you sing um do you, do you feel like there's not enough time maybe for some of those things 100 that you would you would want to have more time yeah yeah and you just like i have to sacrifice yeah. this again this week this month but i would want to get back to this yeah when i have the time and i don't think i always sacrifice the right things mm. um and i don't think i always like use my time in the most wise of ways either um do you just uh, like is it is it about just uh, the next thing that comes and you're like yes uh, i'll do it um and then just decide as you go what to do with that time or is it more calculated i think it's probably not calculated enough like i think i'm not intentional intentional enough about my time I think part of it is like saying yes to too many things like taking on too many things Mm -hmm. Um, I think part of it is then like not taking enough time to recharge so that I actually want to practice a new song on guitar rather than like just wanting to watch something dumb on Netflix Mm -hmm. Um, and then part of it is also just like laziness like when I feel that way not pushing through it and Mm -hmm. deciding to do the thing that like ultimately I know will like bring me more happiness but will also be more work like I think mm-hmm. I am not I don't always make the smartest choice there um, do you write it down do you write this stuff down like that I want to do this like no it's what you tend to do right you you tend to or, or you said that it's good to just put things on paper so you can kind of some way to keep yourself accountable and yeah but I mean I, I think I agree. Uh, I'm the same. Like I- I'll write things down, but yeah. it's so hard to prioritize. And when you want to do a lot of things, and you're you're all yes people, like yeah. so. I think we're all a bunch of yes people. And yeah, but it's it's interesting because one of the first times we hung out at, at that cabin, you went for a run, and I was like, oh, that's amazing that she's going for the run. And you know, how do you feel when you're running? Because that must be a little bit of a like, do you get into a flow state when you're running? Are you not thinking about all this other stuff? Because that's just, you know, you said your, your job is very cognitive. So that's a lot of, like, intellectual energy that is required. And when you're running, do you feel different when you're running compared to when you're 
doing these other activities? Or? Can I guess what you're thinking? I think that she's thinking about all of the things <laughs> that she wants to do that day or, or that week while she's running. This is my guess, Perhaps. but I could be wrong. Sometimes. Yeah, I would say probably more often than not, you're right. Like, I am using it as time to plan and, like, make a grocery list or mm. whatever. Nice. But... No, I don't think that's nice. Like, I don't think that I should be using it that way. I think I should be using it more to, like, I don't know, listen to music or zone out. Um, because when I do that, I generally feel so much better afterwards. Mm. I feel like I've actually sort of disconnected and I feel refreshed. And either way, I think, like, I don't know, if you were impressed in some sense with me going for a run, like, you shouldn't be because it's really, it's more of, like, a necessity, like, kind of helps keep me sane um, rather than something that I do because I am like oh I should do this or it's good for me or whatever it's more like I kind of have to have to do something yeah but, but what about yeah playing soccer uh, on, on your women's team for example that you've been doing for years is that do you, you're not thinking about planning meals playing soccer is just pure <laughs> it's just pure enjoyment I'm not I'm not yeah. meal while taking planning. that corner kick right yeah yeah Coming up with new recipes after everything. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get home. I gotta put those beans on the... Yeah, interesting. So soccer is a different state of mind then, perhaps. Yeah, it's like mm. just the highlight of my week. Oh, yeah? Every week, yeah. Nice. It's just fun. Mm. Mm. Uh, do you have any activities like that where you're just totally forgetting about everything else? Because I would imagine you also... Mm. No. <laughs> when you go running, are you are you creating lists in your head too, yeah. or are you just kind of reviewing things? I'm trying to I'm trying to listen to things to not do that. So I'm trying to mm-hmm. listen to a podcast or or music or something. But yeah, I guess playing soccer when uh, or some some kind of like um, maybe more team thing or something a little bit more intense uh, that requires that I'm more active in. Yeah, I can't think of like my mind just wanders to, to other things too. I don't know. Natural, it's like a natural state to just be like wondering about things. Yeah, I think. I don't think it's good. I don't think it's healthy. I think it's pretty normal, though. I think yeah, I do think it's pretty normal. Yeah, but I, I, you know, it's the opposite of mindfulness and all the stuff that uh, you want to be kind of like. I barely have a meal. I think that I'm really just thinking about having a meal, you know, or enjoying the food and being like appreciative of the food and everything. I'm just sort of thinking about something else or distracting myself with something else, maybe reading something. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's a practical strategy to be, I mean, mindful all the time? It sounds like it sounds like obviously yes, being mindful is a good thing, but it also. I don't know. I, I, I mean, actually, I will say that it, it is nice to be mindful as often as possible, but obviously we're fully functioning human beings that are doing a lot of things. So this sort of distraction or list making, I think it's natural for people to, to have this happen. But then if there's those activities like soccer or I don't know, when you guys are doing jam sessions, like, I would also imagine you're not thinking of recipes when you're jamming out, right? <laughs> so what are those activities that kind of put also, you into those states? I will states? say, like, I like thinking about recipes. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not, so, yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, even perfect. a bad thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
Exactly. So I, it goes back to what we've always been talking about is how you, like, it does seem like a way that our brains, we want to prioritize our time, be like, okay, yes, you're doing this running activity or whatever, but you could also be doing this other thing because this will help you then not sacrifice your time later for something else. Like, it's just about somehow creating this balance of this finite resource of time for ourselves, like just trying to buy ourselves time basically for other things. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I don't think it's necessarily always a bad thing. And but it, like you said, you do find like you feel better when you feel maybe like you did this thing and you were completely disconnected and you were just doing that thing. Yeah, I mean, that's why vacations are nice, right? Mm. Because you don't have to be optimizing every single moment of your time. Or at least I don't think that's what a vacation should be like, or that's not the kind of vacation I enjoy. Like, you should feel okay about doing nothing or mm. about, like, quote-unquote, wasting time. Um, I feel guilty about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I get that. I feel that way too, but I think it's because we don't have enough time because everybody works too much hmm. agreed yeah definitely agree was that a noticeable shift for you then when you went away in the, the last couple of months like were you you know did you feel differently as opposed to not just thinking differently but did you just feel differently yeah it was great hmm. yeah actually like I felt great not sort of having to plan a ton of things and not worrying about what time I had to be anywhere for the most part. Um, and not feeling guilty about it either. Like, yeah. I don't know if you ever have the experience of, like, wanting your weekend to be so... Like, just make the most of your weekend that if you, I don't know, sit on the couch drinking coffee till 11 a.m., you're like, oh, shit, I've missed the whole morning and now I only have 36 hours of weekend left and how am I going to fit in all the fun things I wanted to do with my non-working time? Sure. Like, I think if you have only a short vacation, you kind of tend to feel that way about it. Mm -hmm. And then not only are you wasting time, but you're feeling bad about wasting time, which is wasting more time. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. If you have a long enough period in which to disconnect where you don't have any of those obligations, you can just sort of exist and not feel bad about it mm -hmm. I've been thinking like about going to this new coffee shop for like the past six months and I still haven't done it because I just like the idea of going to a coffee shop in the weekday something the only thing that's I only do that with you Tori <laughs> and, and I'm really appreciative because that's like you and your schedule or whatever and your your way of kind of uh, of spending your day I think is very valuable because it just kind of like I really appreciate just being relaxed going to the sauna for example and then to a coffee shop and having like a slow breakfast again I know this is all coming from we have the privilege to do these things because we're not like you know, we have them we have the economic means to do it we have the sure. um, not the responsibilities and other things that we have to attend to but we um, yeah I I, I, but I personally find it very hard to do that on my own. Like even to go to a coffee shop to read, I'd be like, 
oh, I know. May as well just stay here and not say, waste my time going there. And <laughs> like, it's insane. <laughs> sure. But anyway, how how would you, Natalia? Maybe, you know, hypothetical design. Design your schedule so that it's like you feel like it sounds like there's some things you want to maybe do more of, less of. Um, if you had carte blanche is there or, or something you want to work towards this like that you want to do something else with the time um, over the next I don't know even years uh, is there like a is there like a, an objective you have with how you want to be able to spend your days I that's a good question and I'm not I'm not really sure because I like as much as I probably sound like I've been complaining about working, I actually like my job. Sure. I yeah. like what I do and the things that I like about it the most are the things that are, you know, really time intensive and that have deadlines um, and that you can't really be flexible with. You kind of need to work nice. a lot over a short period of time mm. to get them done. Like related to like being in a trial for example like that's what I enjoy the most about my work mm, sounds exciting yeah yeah so I think it's you know I could say well I could have a different kind of career where maybe I was I don't know working for the government doing as a policy analyst and had flex days and really only worked a 9 to 4 30 every day and that there would be things about that that would be really nice It'd be nice to have the occasional three-day weekend and to have a job that you are more disconnected from after hours although mm. I still think a lot of people take their work home with them regardless of whether they need to um, but I also then I think I probably would be enjoying the time I'm spending at work a whole lot less so is that really the right trade-off right. I don't know maybe the answer is to have a job where you work super intensely for six months and then you get to take the next six months off <laughs> Yeah, like a video game programmers or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Meeting deadlines. Mm. It's a good point, though. You like your job. You're good at it. I think that's also really nice. And that intensity that you talk about with deadlines, you know, I find like sometimes I have no deadlines in my life. You know, if I don't impose them on myself, I, obviously my work has some deadlines and these things, but yeah that's a different sort of mindset that you get into and if that's where you thrive you know yeah what is that like to be so concentrated on getting something that needs to get done do you feel like yeah it sounds amazing does does that does it feel very like your it sounds like your skills and your actions are aligned which is I think what a lot of people are trying to achieve, right? You have this skill set, this ability, and then you're also taking these actions with what you're doing. And it's intense. It's like time consuming. It requires a lot of your attention. And attention is the other currency, right? So if you can focus like that, what does it feel like to be so focused? And do you get lost in that work? And to the same thing as like when you're lost in soccer, you're only in soccer. When you're in your work, are you only in your work for for when you're there and not thinking about other things as well would you say or I mean definitely not all the time or with everything there's I think lots of things 
that I do that I think are boring or that even if they're not boring, I'm not that invested or interested in um, or tasks that I just like are necessarily necessarily like incidental to my work, but that I don't really enjoy. But when there are things that I really like, like, I don't know, working on an argument or being part of a big case, then, yeah, I do think, like, I like being under pressure. Mm. Um, I like the sort of, like, camaraderie that being under pressure with other people creates. Um, cool. I like sort of being part of a team where you you know sort of that for a three or six month period of your life only the other people on that team are really going to care about the same things you care hmm. about um sort of like being in a play yeah hmm. right yeah or on a sports team too like yeah. i think you're all motivated to the same well you have the same goals you, yeah you know the same objectives and the, the background yeah and nobody outside of it really cares yeah. very much about what you're doing right. either right. Um, but it doesn't matter because you're not alone in it like other people know why it's important to you and get just as riled up as you do mm. like I, I like that vibe um, but I imagine that really depends on um, also the team that you're working with because the dynamics of the, like any team yeah which are yeah uh, they could they change all the time too right it's really big league actually and yeah. uh, you know you take your experience with uh, sports and then also your past love for theater that you you told us about you think those two things like you said it's like a play and it's like a sports team those two things you're really sort of playing a role and you have to show up for those roles do you think your uh, the influence of theater in any way shaped your view on on this because yeah that's an interesting thing yeah i don't know i kind of probably like i sort of had that thought when i was finishing up this big trial last year and mm. there was a we had a party afterwards and it was so fun it was so great to be done everybody was so excited and happy and drunk and then the next like three weeks we're such a letdown <laughs> and the only time I've really felt that way before is like when I was a teenager like doing you know local theater productions that you're just like you get so close to these people that you probably don't really have that much in common with mm -hmm. but just because you're like sharing this experience and you're all working towards the same thing um and it finally ends and like everybody's on this great high and then you're like, what well, What do I do with all my free time now that I'm not working 16 hours a day? <laughs> um, I don't think it's like really a sustainable model for living, but yeah, it is very fun. Sounds, sounds amazing. I don't know if maybe I was trying to like recapture that adolescent experience with the, <laughs> the work that I do now. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, why not? It's uh, like like it's like a sports team playing a season, and then you go to the playoffs, and then you ride that high, and then you're out. And then it's a letdown for the summer or whatever, and then you come back to it. Mm -hmm. You'll have other big cases and big uh, theater production well. coming up too. <laughs> any uh, yeah? Do you do you uh, consider doing any of that? I mean, with all the stuff we're talking about, with all the limited time, I guess that would require a lot requires a lot of time yeah. and it's been so long since I've done anything like that that I just think it's something that's like it's really hard to dabble in 
the feeling that you described after the trial, I have this sometimes too. Like I'll set a goal, focus on it, I'll get something done, and then there is sort of this time period after. Do you mean even like the half marathon we all ran? Like I remember feeling kind of afterwards like, why did I do this? You know, <laughs> sort of like, you know, my. I was body's... thinking about that like at the fifty kilometer mark. <laughs> yeah, you know? totally. And I, I I wonder how 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 normal. Or how frequent people feel that where you 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 set your mind on something and you have to use your skills and abilities to achieve that and then you do it and then afterwards it's kind of like do you ever feel that like there's an emptiness afterwards I don't know if emptiness is the right word but like you said let down it's kind of like a it's a big high right a big climb and and then all of a sudden afterwards I find for me I'm like kind of all right now I need to sort of find something next to focus on almost like how, how does that work for you with your you know the things you achieve and then afterwards yeah i never i, I feel like i don't uh, experience this level of intensity that you describe of uh, uh you know maybe i haven't like i can't recall being that into something for such a like a extended period of time and then being experiencing this like oh i wish that could keep going forever other than like maybe travel or something like that mm-hmm. of like a, an extended just being free to like explore and then knowing that it, it ends and then having to go back to an, some other routine but what about like even in school like writing exams or oh, sure, yeah. working on a thesis like yeah it's a grind and you kind of yeah. complain about it but there is still this like sustained period of focus and engagement that even if you're not necessarily enjoying it mm-hmm. is kind of powerful that mm-hmm. I don't know I always like you feel great when you finish exams you feel free mm-hmm. but then you also feel sort of like well I also feel like oh I had all these ideas for things I was going to do as soon as I had time to do them and now I don't really feel motivated to do any of them <laughs> right I see yeah so you're saying almost to be motivated to do things you need to have this continual drive for other for or for something intense whatever it might be it's an interesting uh, not I mean I don't think you almost uh, it's a contradiction really <laughs> <laughs> isn't it because <laughs> then you don't have the it's almost like you'll never have you'll be pushing yourself so hard in one avenue and then you'll at the sacrifice of you know a lot of other things and then you'll everything is finite so those thing that thing ends and then you don't have the energy for other things i'm gonna come across as a deeply unhappy person no. aren't I? Like that's no. <laughs> no 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 i think it's it's a universal what you're describing now that you're kind of explaining these other examples. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I guess I don't mean to suggest that, you know, as soon as you finish some sort of intense experience, you're necessarily bummed out. But I do think when you're working really hard at something, you have a tendency to build up how amazing it's going to be when you feel free. And usually it is amazing, but for a very short period of time, like that feeling doesn't really last. And then because you don't have that sort of intense activity to fill your time with, I, I mean, I don't know if it's just me and I'm not taking advantage of that free time to pursue the, 
the things I thought I was going to enjoy or if it's just like burnout mm. and you need time to do nothing but I do feel that there's like whether the intense activity is a pleasant one or an unpleasant one um, I feel like there's a similar sort of experience afterwards mm-hmm. yeah I get it yeah but again like you said it, it's it's not a sustainable thing for forever to continue this way yeah but it, it's a it's a it's a, like a it has its intrinsic motivation um, just the, the feeling you get of accomplishment yeah and I think some people are really good at giving that to themselves like it sounds like maybe you are Tori that you write things down and you set goals for yourself and you set deadlines and you're very self-motivated. Um, but I think a lot of people need like external forces mm. to really cause them to be focused on mm. something and being like being really focused and engaged with something feels good. It's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, actually, yeah, it does feel good, right? To be focused on something is, it's, kind of unlike anything else right you're just your attention is where it needs to be you know we talk about consciousness a lot and like if not that focus and attention then where where else is consciousness to be observed you know uh when you're just fully into what you're doing i think that's super cool i'm terrible at this stuff i i need to the reason I have lists is because I'm like neurotic and I need to I need to set reminders for myself everywhere otherwise I'll just be <laughs> walking around breathing shallow and, and you know not not doing things that are good for me so I need lists to, to function but yeah I'm not good at any of this uh, what what comes to my mind though is that you know this is very much so of like life a lot of people work and then they retire and that retirement is also sort of the similar idea of time where you have this idea like I'm going to work hard, I'm going to plan. And then a lot of people that I know that do retire are sort of like now a little bit adrift and how do I spend my time now that I have it? I think that's a question I need to ask myself a lot too is I don't think we should beat ourselves up about this stuff because we're all just reflecting on how we behave. But it is interesting when you do have the time, how that time is used and what that feels like. But then if you're motivated and you feel good about having some sort of challenge like that's if your job sounds challenging and i think you probably would you say you like a good challenge yeah i i think so i mean not not constantly i wouldn't say yeah. i'm i'd like to say i'm the kind of person who constantly wants to be challenged but i don't think that is true i think there are definitely times when i'm like i just want to coast and feel like i'm doing something that i'm good at yeah um but i think like I do think my job is challenging and that it's still like a very steep learning curve mm-hmm. and if I didn't feel like I was learning anything at it I probably wouldn't I'd probably get bored pretty yeah. quickly mm-hmm. and I think it's like I'm so lucky to be working somewhere where I do get to feel like I'm learning pretty much every day like not that many people actually get that mm-hmm. yeah you know, what you're describing is basically like a flow state, actually, right? Because the idea of flow is that you're in that zone where it's not so hard that you're frustrated and it's not so easy that you're bored. Um, and you, when you're in a flow state, like whether it's playing soccer or running or whatever it is, um, you know, focusing on a hard trial, 
you know, you kind of lose sense of time and self, and then you emerge kind of a new person. And, you know, after you did this long trial, do you feel like you kind of became a new person after that sort of six months? Was it six months or? It was like two years. Oh, two years. Yeah, oh. this is like a, a tremendous amount of time, right? Yeah. And so much changes in everybody's two years life. But then add on that layer of like focus and camaraderie, as you said. I don't know. Did you feel like you became a new person after that? I don't know if I would go that far, but I do feel like the skills I had before the trial started and the skills I had at the end of it and also the sort of confidence I had were vastly different. And I do, like, I think two years is a long time and if I hadn't been in that trial, I still would have learned things and improved, but probably not nearly as dramatically because you're kind of forced to a little bit. Like, you're forced Mm. to step out of your comfort zone a bit. Yeah. You know, this whole idea of, like, being uh, super focused on something for a long time, I mean, isn't that, it's like sort of our romantic idea of of scholars, of, uh, I don't know, I remember when I was a kid, like, this is what I, I wanted to do, is, like, just spend my time with, like, books and papers and being, like, closed in a room and just be in a library, like, it's just, like, this idea that gave me such joy Yet, not, well, not with a specific, like, purpose or anything, just to be, like, immersed in something for a long time and isolated uh, and focused on something and just learning it and just uh, continuously going, I'm going to repeat this every day. And it just, uh, you know, it, it sounds like that, that, like, your job can be that sometimes. And it's, that can be very rewarding because you're just, you're learning so much you're very focused on something you're just you continuously just your neurons are connecting with one another new pathways and you're you know um, doing that day in and day out maybe for two years on and off with other people sounds amazing but I understand now like what that would be like as it ends what you're describing (laughs) because you're used to maybe a routine that's probably not sustainable yeah. And then it ends and then there's a, yeah, then you're like, okay, now what? Um, and I, yeah, like you said, there's, it's, it's not in just that, prof- that your profession and, and those cases, but in sports and in I don't know, every, any high intensity kind of profession, medical so, profession. Did you, you always wanted to be a, a scholar? You always saw yourself as an academic as a kid? Yeah, like I, I just remember like my, my, my dad bringing home a uh, used encyclopedia set when I was like nine or ten and it was like the happiest kid. I was just like, going to take a bunch of these volumes and go in the room and just close the door and just, just go read as much. Like I couldn't understand a percent of what I was reading, but I was just like... I just love this feeling of being immersed in this thing, and and I still do. Like I, I love the idea of it, but there's there's not like a direction, necessarily, mm-hmm. towards a particular goal. But I just have this. It's just a romantic idea of Leonardo da Vinci, you know, mm-hmm. sitting somewhere in Italy, just with a bunch of drawings and 
ideas and just <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> bodies around who knows what's going on <laughs> some questionable experiments for sure but that 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 though to to tie it all in that act of getting immersed in the encyclopedia or being focused on that you know without necessarily any specific outcome you know do you think that that sounds like a well that sounds like time well used that sounds like uh, would would you not say it? I mean, uh, at what point is are you not allowing yourself to do that because you're um, trying to help other people? You know, like obviously there's a balance to be found. But if you enjoy that so thoroughly, I feel like you can find the balance where that there is a specific goal as well to that, and that's what like I think these well defined professions can be. Yeah, um, because otherwise it's just. Uh, as they say, mental masturbation. <laughs> I don't know. Just like it's just for your <laughs> your own pleasure, right? Not for, which is fine. But if that's all you're doing in life for your entire life, I don't know. I mean, at some point, maybe you'll come across a discovery that will save millions. But I don't know if that's really likely if you're not actually striving towards that specific mm-hmm. goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. I don't know. It's like I'm sure I'm sure many people maybe feel like that is the best way to use their time. Also, I don't know. It's it could be like from a mystical perspective, like could it be the best way to spend your time? I don't know. You know, maybe you're not causing any harm in there, are you? You're just it's like a monk. A sen- yeah, well, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah, I don't really know what I think about that idea. Like, I don't think that learning should always have a clearly defined objective like that Mm. is an unnecessary narrowing of Mm -hmm. what we might be able to learn um and it's also going to be biased by what we already know and like the systems of power that already are in place um having said that i also think like i don't know it also seems like maybe there's something wrong with the idea of just learning as much as you can and it doesn't matter whether that knowledge is locked up in a vault and you never share it with anyone. It seems like it should matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's not very well thought out. I, I know. But it also eliminates like half of fiction, you know? Because basically like, why are we reading some of these fiction books, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's an interesting point you make. It's uh, I don't know where that. Uh, I don't know if there are barriers or lines to this. You know, if it, every individual is going to have to. Obviously, every individual is going to have to choose how they use their time in different ways. But it, it doesn't feel like to me if you were to just spend your entire life reading uh, encyclopedias and, and never using that knowledge to benefit society. It doesn't seem like the right trade-off. But. Why not? I don't know. I mean, well, I think that's what we were discussing is like if we could give everyone in the world a similar access to uh, pursue their, their creative outlets, whatever they might be, like that, 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 was, that was sort of what we concluded would be, you know, listen to the inaugural episode, but that's what we concluded would be like a good goal to strive towards as a society is to try to give everyone access to pursue their creative goals. So to have in their finite life that access to the resources to be able to do whatever they want with that mm-hmm. knowing that that can p- 
produce so much for others and without it without an, a necessary like objective of, without being too prescriptive about or it or prescriptive yeah but I know mm-hmm. it, it does sound kind of chaotic as well doesn't it like we need some kind of guidelines about what is an appropriate creative outlet <laughs> yes I'll be the judge of that <laughs> <laughs> Tori you can uh, spend one hour a day <laughs> Having coffee, right, <laughs> and writing. I think it ties into the volunteering actually, though, because you know, on one hand, somebody's doing something for somebody that's allowing other people to do something. You know, with sports, if you just think about that, like, so yeah, if I were to knowingly, like, would it? If I knew that you wanted to just spend your time on encyclopedias and all, and I would volunteer my time so that you could do that, would that be, would that justify it? Knowing that I take pleasure in doing this other work so that you could do that? No, definitely not. That's, uh, well, I would not enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would quick, quickly change your plans. But I mean, it's just I think to your you made a very good point before that everybody's kind of doing this in a way that is not noticeable sometimes and some are doing it more noticeably but yeah how does their society work without people somehow trading off some of their own personal time for other people like it doesn't really well and where do you even draw the line between what is time for yourself and what is time for other people like often many people are not even going to notice a distinction they're not going to think of you know mm. listening to their friend tell them about a problem as emotional labor right you know, like yeah. that is kind of a buzzword that we like to use that's, that's just 45 think minutes about that with is, Natalie. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> my hourly rate is <laughs> um, yeah it's not like the way i think in some ways like the way that we have set up this distinction between what you are paid to do and what you volunteer to do Hmm. is kind of false because we do so much like unpaid labor even in relation to our own jobs like at the places where we're supposed to be getting paid to spend time yeah um and then we also have like very transactional relationships with people that we are like providing unpaid labor to like it's not Nobody's ever just giving something for nothing. You're doing it for a reason. Except for podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) You're not getting paid. Just want to make sure that's clear. clear. (laughs) Well, not now anyway, but we're working on some sponsors. Right. If there's any sponsors out there that... uh, (laughs) You're right. None of this is cut and dry and it's very hard to make it. uh, But I think, yeah, what what we're trying to do is, I guess, really define the values of what's valuable and it's very personal obviously what's valuable to you to to spend your time volunteering playing sports playing music you know you see value in that um, and there's intrinsic value to yourself because of so many reasons of of your childhood of your of your upbringing of your culture of I don't think there needs to be like a justification like you don't need to justify to others why you, you know, why you're lazy uh, one afternoon and why you're working so hard another and like, 
it doesn't need to be consistent it doesn't need to be i don't know all these things that but i think overall when you look back on your own life it, it's a, it's nice to maybe consider that there was at least some consistency and maybe for yourself i guess something that you say like i i to my own values like I'm glad I was able to, or I strive to spend my time on these things, I think rather than way, yeah. being forced, which many people are, but like rather than being kind of, well, I think a lot of people end up getting to old age and regretting a lot of things because the mm. time is not coming back, and you're like you're not going to have that body again, you're not going to have that health again, and that's something maybe we all fear, right? As we as father time. Mother time. So you mean you want to feel like you've lived a life that is consistent with your values? As, as best as one can, given their circumstances. Um, I guess even simpler, not have regret on that, mm-hmm. on how you spend your time. Even on a day-to-day basis. Maybe that's too too small of a scale well what else do we have but the day yeah I suppose yeah maybe on a day to day basis that's a good way to evaluate yourself no no <laughs> I feel like it's a bit much I think yeah alright day to day is too much yeah. do people do this do people like go home and be like okay this is what I did today check and uh, this is good this I shouldn't do this no maybe maybe it's a good idea it seems a bit much do you do it? I do do it. Oh, you do it. You write it down every day? Well, I, I do it visually. Like, mm. I relive my day a little bit, yeah. And you think about, like, these are the things that I'm glad I did today. I regret doing this. Um, actually, it's pretty cool. Like, there's, like, a nighttime meditation I do, and it's just walking through, how, like, seeing yourself from outside of yourself. Like, if I were to observe myself living the day, would I be happy with these interactions that I had? You know, would I be happy with how I decided to act, um, what would I want tomorrow to look like if I had... Yeah, I did do this. How much time does that take of your day? <laughs> yes. Do you regret it? Yes, yeah, wasted, right? Yeah, and then exactly. do you reflect on that part? It's all the way down. It's just yeah, an it's... iterative process. <laughs> yeah, I'm exactly. still working on it. When I wake up in the morning, <laughs> that day I spent... <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's problems all around. I don't know. You're a very inspiring person, Natalia, and I think that uh, whatever you're doing, you should just keep doing it. I, I just, I think it's amazing, uh, and and uh, it is, it super is, nice right? of you to spend time with us on this podcast and share a little bit of your insights. But yeah, it's very inspiring to me, and uh, I think that it's it's really cool. Whatever you're doing, uh, it makes me want to do different things. So thank you for sharing. Yeah. And hopefully you also found it interesting. And now on to our sponsors. <laughs> well, um, I, I feel like we're wrapping up. <laughs> I don't know if I'm reading the room right. <laughs> but um, thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, I'm anytime. There will honored. be multiple parts. Part one of N. <laughs> <laughs>